Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z's Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. And I have to tell you something, I need more than sleep help right now. I need screen time help. There is a connection between screen time and sleep that is strong. Oftentimes over the years, I have seen families use screens as a reward for sleeping through the night or as a part of the bedtime routine or as, hey, here, watch the iPad when you wake up at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. because I'm tired. And it is high time that we get some help with our screen time relationship, which is why I invited Andrea Davis of Better Screen Time to come onto the podcast and talk with me about creating a screen time plan because I need this. This is not a podcast episode that I did for you, although I really did, but I did it for me. I kind of joked with Andrea, like, I need help. Please talk to me. My girls at the time of this podcast, they are five and six years old and it is summertime and I've got to work. And while we do have a sitter in the mornings, in the afternoon, it is easy to just put a movie on, put a show on, watch this. I need to go work some more. What we've realized is that after a certain amount of time, and this is what Andrea helped me realize, there is a certain amount of time that must pass. And all of a sudden, my children are unable to come back to the reality of being in our home and not watching screens anymore. And it is a battle to turn them off. So It is my absolute honor and joy to welcome Andrea Davis of Better Screen Time to the podcast. Andrea is a former secondary ed teacher turned screen time navigator. She's the founder of Better Screen Time, where she shares family-tested ideas from the tech trenches, okay? And she's a mom of five. She is on a mission to help parents worry less about tech and connect more with their kids. She and her husband, Tyler, live in the Hood River Valley of Oregon, and they love spending time outdoors as a family. Behind the scenes on this podcast episode, Andrea was dressed and ready to go take her kids down to the river. And I loved that because she's not wasting any time. She's going to go and enjoy her children. And I love that. So go to Instagram, check out at better screen time. You can find all of their resources on betterscreentime.com. I know you're going to enjoy this episode with Andrea as she helps us get a plan for our family's screen time. All right. Well, y'all, I am really excited to have Andrea here with us today because this is a selfish podcast. I really wanted to know this stuff. And so I was like, let's get her on the podcast and talk. So, um, Andrea from better screen time is here to talk with us. Welcome. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about better screen time and your family. Hey, Becca. Thanks so much for having me. I, yes, I'm Andrea Davis. I am the founder of better screen time where my whole goal is to help parents worry less about tech and connect more with their kids. And my husband actually, he has a full-time job, but he helps me a little bit here and there. Uh, We have five children and they are oldest to 16 and our youngest just turned seven. We have four girls and one boy. We live in Hood River, Oregon, which is an hour east of Portland, where we spend a lot of time outside. That's really what we love to do. And, um, it's a good thing because we have a a small house. We have, we live in just a little over 1500 square feet and there's seven of us. So it's kind of a tight squeeze, but housing, we live in a very touristy area. So housing is kind of expensive, 
And, but yeah, so we spend as much time outside as we can. And, um, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So, um, the inception for better screen time, when did that, like, when was that something that was probably necessitated a problem that kind of created better screen time? Yeah. So really this started a long time ago. Like people will ask me, well, when did better screen time start? And officially it was early 2018, but it really started a long time ago. And my oldest was probably around two years old. I turned to my husband, well, actually to back up a little bit, I had a really good friend who was an avid reader and her whole family was, they all read a lot. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, what did your parents do to just Mm -hmm. like make you want to be such a great reader and help you to be such a great reader. And she said, Oh, we didn't have a TV. And so that really, it just sparked a little bit of curiosity in my mind. And I, I turned to my husband, Tyler, and I said, what do you think if we just put the TV in the closet and use it like an appliance and we just pull it out when we need to. And he's not really into sports. So he was like, sure, let's do it. And so that was, yeah, I mean, about 14 years ago, my oldest is 16 and, and that's what we've always done since then. Mm-hmm. So we would pull it out for family movie night and for the Olympics. Yeah. And it wasn't that my kids never watched anything or did anything on a computer. We still mm-hmm. had a desktop. And again, like things were a lot less complicated even a decade ago because mm-hmm. portable screens weren't so mainstream. Mm-hmm. So fast forward about end of 2016, early 2017, our family moved from Illinois to Oregon. And it was just a big move. My oldest was in middle school at the time and she left friends behind, which is hard to do when you're that age. And we also were moving to a place where I didn't know anyone. And so enter the smartphone. We just had a leftover abandoned smartphone And so I handed it over to her so she could stay in touch with those old friends and so that we could get a hold of her so she could know where to get off the bus and all of these things. And it didn't take long for me to realize that it was just, it was too much too soon. And that I really hadn't prepared her. I hadn't prepared us for that responsibility. And so we actually had to stop and and take a step back. Mm -hmm. So that starts, so the, the whole like concept, you're so right of like, Hey, I just want to make sure that you're confident. Like I can get in touch with you that, you know, you know where you're going, like that premise, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is a slippery slope for sure. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And so just then suddenly I was like, Oh, what do we do? And so we went back to a brick phone and you know, this is before, so now there is a smartphone that has no internet access that we, you know, share a lot about called the gab phone. But at that point in time, there weren't options like that available. And so you really were stuck with like no phone or the brick phone if you were not going the smartphone route. So that's what we did. And of course our middle schooler hated it and it was not fun for her. It was not fun for us. But I, I've never regretted that. And that really was the start of Better Screen Time when I was looking for answers. And a lot of the information I could find was either very fear-based or it was like, this is the world we live in. Just hand it over and, and let's move on. And neither of those answers felt right to me. And I, I because I did start doing research and reading up on all the implications and I had kind of seen how this smartphone was taking really sucking away childhood Mm -hmm. from my daughter. 
I realized that, yeah, it was something we needed to be concerned about, but there's a difference between like being concerned and taking action or being like panicked and parenting out of fear. And I started parenting from that place of fear, which is never a good place to parent from. And so I I thought there's got to be a better way. And as I researched, I just read a lot about the importance of involving your kids and making a plan and and taking things slowly. And I just felt like I started to receive a lot of answers. Like I, I'm a person of faith. So I spent a lot of time on my knees and just felt like I was starting to get the guidance and direction that I needed to instead parent from a place of confidence. And I really wanted to share that with other parents so that they didn't have to go through that hard thing that, that we went through. Oh, absolutely. And I think this is going to resonate so much with what I know our audience, we, we provide online courses for children zero to five. So everyone listening is probably in zero to five years old and you're beginning to have those bubbling thoughts of, okay, this is how I want it to be. Right. But you kind of don't want it to be, you know, where before you had kids, you had all these imaginative thoughts like, Oh, it's going to be like this. And then reality is not, this (laughs) is the one thing that I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, I have these preconceptive thoughts and I want it to be that way. I don't want it to go the other direction. So when is the best time for a family to start thinking through, okay, I need a safe screen plan, or I need a plan for technology. When is the appropriate time to start thinking through that? Yeah. If you have a smartphone as a parent, you need a plan. (laughs) And I just, I didn't really understand that or catch that because again, when my oldest kids were young, I didn't have a smartphone as a parent. And so it's just like, even though there might be passcodes and unlocks on your phone and maybe you never handed over um, which is great, but as a parent, you ha- we have to have some boundaries in place so that we can parent the way that we want to, so that the smartphone doesn't get in the way. And that's where really having a family tech plan, like if you're married, sitting down with your spouse or partner and deciding what are our boundaries going to be? Like, are we going to allow screens in the bedrooms? And if if we don't want our kids to do that someday, then maybe we need to rethink what we're doing. And I really just think anymore, it starts now, like when you get married, it starts when you get married, even before you have kids, like sitting down and deciding together what, what you want this to look like. And then it's like a journey. It's, I, you don't have to have it all figured out and there will be other things that will come up and you'll, I think just kind of get guidance and inspiration to know which direction to go, but you definitely start making a plan uh, sooner than later. (laughs) So does this plan include like time, time, maybe like time of day, like, okay, this is when I'm going to do that. Like how, what are some action points within that plan that you would say like, oh, this is important to make sure you include in your plan? Yeah. So I like to keep things as simple as possible. And so when we were creating our family tech plan, I just took like the categories of where, when, what, how long. And that seemed like a simple way to break it down. So when we talk about where, you can talk about where are we going to use screens. And if you read anything from like screen time experts, they'll definitely talk about the importance of deciding on some tech-free zones in your home or however you want to word it. Some people will call it sacred spaces, but deciding on those places in your home where tech isn't going to go. And I can tell you now, like four years later, after putting some of those kind of boundaries in place, what the benefits are. So for example, several of my kids share bedrooms. My two oldest teenagers share a room. 
And it's just so fun to hear them like giggling at night and talking and just kind of that friendly banter that goes back and forth. And I just thought, man, what if I wouldn't, if we hadn't thought through that and we had allowed devices to go into the bedrooms, that wouldn't be happening. And I think like, that's kind of the beauty of really deciding that like, there's just certain places where we don't, we don't take the devices and, you know, the same goes for our marriage as well, that it's just like a a great place to strengthen your relationship, right. Is in, in your bedroom and just the conversations that you have and the connection. And so, um, there's just a lot to be said for where we use screens and then talking about what, like what kind of content is cool with your family? Like what, what's okay. And that's also, that's good because then that applies to even when your kids aren't in your own home and they go to someone else's house and there's perhaps a certain type of movie on, or there's a video game that maybe you've talked about and it's just not really what like part of your family culture or your family's values. So that's helpful. Just talking about the what, and then talking about like how long, I think that's important to talk to kids about. It's just like, after how long do you start to feel like a zombie? <laughs> or like, after how long do you just kind of start to feel brain dead or feel disconnected from the world or people? And then that can kind of help your family establish some guidelines like, oh, maybe 30 minutes is enough time to play a game on the computer or to watch a show or, you know, whatever your family likes to do. But just kind of talking about that. And then of course, I think your audience would appreciate the American Academy of Pediatrics does have media guidelines for five and under, which is really helpful. You know, they talk about like 18 to 24 months that the appropriate type of screen time would be like FaceTiming with family or with grandparents. But other than that, not so much. And then after that point, like two to five, I think they say like an hour a day. And so just being mindful of that and then how, how screens get used that typically using screens together is always better than using a screen alone. So those are some of the types of things that you can talk about as a family and make a plan. I wanted to take a quick moment and tell you about a free resource. You see, if your child is depending on screens for bedtime or throughout the nighttime even, yes, that's a thing. I have helped so many families get rid of watching YouTube or the iPad or shows in the middle of the night. If this is where you are, if your child is depending on screens to help them fall asleep, did you know that our preschool sleep e-coaching program is what you need. This is a comprehensive, thorough sleep training program that will teach your preschooler to have confidence that they actually can fall asleep independently and sleep 10 to 12 hours all night long. I'm so excited for you to learn more about this program, which is tailored for ages three to five years old please check the show notes below or head to littlezsleep.com slash preschool to get all of the details on getting started with preschool sleep training. That's so important to note. I love that last part of it, you know, screen time together. Cause sometimes you think like screen time, bam, you know, you, you, you want to almost sometimes make it extremist, mm-hmm. but 
sometimes um, my oldest daughter, Ellie, she's come home from school and she has recess right at the end. And she'll come home now this time of year, sweaty and hot. And I'm kind of like ready to go outside. And she's like, no, she came home the other day and was like, can we just watch the baking show together? (laughs) (laughs) We could do that. Yeah. So I like having those, those pockets and it is different. I never, she's never really asked for that until I can tell like, you know, she's ready to chill, but she also wants me to be there with her, you know? So I think leading into, you guys are really big about creating screen-free rituals in your home. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us about what that looks like and what that would be? Yeah. Well, I, again, I think that I started to think about it in terms of like frameworks instead of time, just because for example, the American Academy of Pediatrics did used to have screen time limits for like older kids. And then they kind of went away with that where they just said, you need to have these other things in place, like sleep, physical activity, you know, doing your homework, which all, all makes sense. But I think as a family, we have to find ways that we can continue to strengthen those family relationships without letting screens get in the way. And so I think one obvious one is family dinner. And I know we talk and hear about that that a lot about device-free dinner. And that's just important because we know that family mealtime, I mean, study after study has revealed the importance of having a meal together as a family. And I think you know, you're connecting, you're sharing about your day, you're maybe sharing stories of something that happened to you. And so it's just such a great place. And there's so much power, I think, that comes in gathering around the table together. So that's important. Having device-free dinners. There's other rituals that we have as families. And, you know, every family has different rituals. And rituals are different than traditions. Like a tradition is definitely quite often more seasonal, but a ritual is something that your family repeats either daily or weekly or even monthly. And so some families will go on a walk, like they might go on a walk after dinner. And so now in our era, we have to actually think about how can I make this ritual that we've always done device-free by like leaving my phone in the charging station before I go out. That was something else that we implemented when we started our family tech plan was we got a charging station off of Amazon and I started using that instead of carrying my phone in my pocket around the house. And that's just so, so helpful and powerful. And then just thinking about like even Saturday morning chores, like I know not everyone thinks of chores as a ritual, but in our home, they they kind of are, it's just like something that we always do. So even like turning on the music and like putting the devices away. And I think as parents, we're the ones, especially if you're just mostly have little kids who don't have any devices of their own. It's so important to be able to, you know, turn off the notifications, put the device away, you know, family game night. Like that's, that's something that we love to do. So have family game night, you know, can I put my phone in the charging station? so that it's not interfering with that time that we have together. Absolutely. I love that. I want to kind of look at, this is going to be kind of maybe a hard question. Um, I want to think about we're preparing the age of the people who are listening, like we're zero to five years old and that five-year, you're kind of more into devices, but as people are listening to this and they're kind of preparing for the introduction of maybe school or devices and that, that, that next chapter of their life, what is one thing that you'd be like, Hey, this is really important, right? Like what, what would be your one big 
you could just, you wish you could tell every mom, right. Of a zero to five, five-year-old, what would, what would you pass along? I would say be the change you want to see. <laughs> so imagine, imagine your kids in 10 years and think about what, what do you want their device use to look like? Whether they have a phone or they don't have a phone or they have a school device, what, you know, just sit and almost envision, like, what do you want that to look like? And if I ever tell families, if, or if someone asks me that question, just like, what's one screen time rule that we should implement out of all of them? And I always say is to keep devices out of bedrooms and bathrooms because it just does so many things. One, it protects your child because quite often when kids do get into danger online, whether it's cyberbullying or sexting or pornography or any myriad of things, quite often done alone on a device in a you know, private area. And so keeping those screens in an open area protects them. Again, it also protects their, their relationships. It also protects their, their brain. There's a book that I love called Digital Min- Minimalism by Cal Newport. And he talks a lot about solitude deprivation and how as a society, we're really actually deprived of solitude. And when you first hear that, you think of, oh, that means time alone, but actually just means time alone with your thoughts. So you don't necessarily have to be away from someone, but how often are you standing in the grocery store line or you're at the stoplight or all these moments when we normally always just sat there, but we're tempted to grab our device. And so I think that also carving out that special place, the bedroom, bathroom, you know, just these places where people might have time to just think like, even just thinking about taking a shower, like how freeing that is and liberating for your mind and, and letting that place be a place to relax. And so I think for, yeah, young kids, and, and I know it can, it can be easy for us as parents to just start to feel guilty about our device use and our phone use. But I think instead just turn it around and think about, you know, what's one little thing that I could do better. Could I take a day off of social media one day a week. That, that's something that I started doing. Um, I, I'm not on social media on Sundays and I like that. Yeah. I like that I just don't have that distraction mm-hmm. or can you put your phone away at a certain time every night yeah. or for a certain number of hours so that you can just focus on your kids. So I think just picking that one thing and I think most of us are pretty aware of our weak, our weak points, <laughs> like where we could improve. And again... Then you're just like that much farther ahead when you have kids that get to that point. It's kind of like this protocol that you've established in your home, almost like taking your shoes off when you come in the door or whatever it is like, oh yeah, my screen doesn't go in the bedroom or, oh, I remember my mom leaving her phone in the car when we would go to the park. And again, so that she could be fully present and they won't recognize it now but someday when they have a phone of their own and, you know, it's just as they get older, they'll start to think about that. They really will. The vision of what do you want in 10 years is so 
important. That's like how you even said you started, you were like, Oh, I had a friend who, who, who read a lot, right. How did that even happen? You know, yeah. and thinking through like, what do I want for my girls? Uh, and what do I want that, that family dinner to look like in 10 years when they are, Oh my gosh, 15 and 16, you know, like, what's yeah. that? what do I want that to look like? Um, it's such a powerful image for sure. And I, I, pre- I appreciate thinking through that because there's already things like, okay, yes. All right. Got to do better about that. Um, yeah. but always room for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, just listening to those gut instincts, like, oh, that's something I can do better and not, not sucking in the guilt because again, I think as moms, we're so good at that. Just like let go of the guilt, but listen to that gut instinct that's telling you there that thing that you could improve. And yeah, it it is amazing. Like now that I look and I see that my oldest is 16 and the, and then all my kids love to read. They love to read. Could they have learned to love to read with the TV sitting in the front room? I'm sure they could have. I know hundreds of families that have. And so I always tell people, I'm like, I am not telling you to ditch your TV. I'm just saying, like, think about what you want and then what are maybe some possible ways to make that happen. And and again, like here we are in this small house. We don't really have an area where I don't have like a basement where I could go put a TV. It would just be right front and center. Mm-hmm. And I've never wanted it to be front and center. And so I think there's so much that you can do when your kids are little. That's probably the other thing I would say. Just like you have so much influence and control at this point and so much room to dream about what you want your fam- family dynamic to look like in the future. And it, it's awesome. This was yeah. such a great conversation. I could keep going like on and on and on all these things I want to talk about, but I'm like, no, let's hone it in. So uh, let us know where can we find more about Better Screen Time and the resources that you guys provide. Yeah, so our website is betterscreentime.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Ironically, we are also Better Screen Time, and we also have a book called Creating a Tech Healthy Family. It is a discussion guide which can actually help you walk through that where, when, what that we just talked about. Also lead you through some other conversations to have with your kids. And I know like your audience is there, most of them are much too young for that. But once you have a child that starts school, I definitely recommend starting those conversations because they typically have access to a school device. And so it's so right now is the time to really prepare them. So you can find that discussion guide on Amazon too. I am headed over there right now. So yeah. <laughs> I yes. just want to wonder what's going like, okay, and bye. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> creating a tech healthy family. I love that. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time and I'm excited to share this with everybody because this is going to be so helpful. Thank you so much. Yay. Thanks, Becca. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. This was immensely helpful for me. And since you and I chatted. I have been implementing some of the things you've been talking about. We have verbalized to our girls that screens do not belong in the bedrooms. And this is something that I'm excited to teach them as they continue to grow. So I want to thank you from the Campbell family to the Davis family. Thank you for sharing your heart behind this. You guys go over to betterscreentime.com to get all the details. Find them on Instagram at betterscreentime. We are so happy that you were here with us this week. Sweet dreams. See you next time.